I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Hey, y'all. Hey, it is another Thursday. I think it's called this when we was growing up. Ebony, you remember that? They had this thing. What was it in Charlotte? Dirty, dirty, dirty Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just went, look. And it, we good in our 30s now. Yeah. Don't nobody judge. Oh, look, I'm telling my age. I'm proud. Okay, I'm glad. Look, y'all, I am sitting here. I mean, I'm so excited about this interview because this is the first that this has happened. My friend from middle school, y'all. Oh middle gosh. school. So we like... I don't even know how many years again, 18, almost 20, 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about, we go back. She remembers me from the days, of, we were just talking about it, days of rapping, Big Baby. Yes, Big Baby. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. We used to rock the rallies. Oh, man, look, so it's crazy that all of these years later, y'all, we would find each other again through social media and just realizing, oh, my God, is that Ebony? Oh, my God, is that Eve? And then just talking. And then, yo, she's first gen. How did we miss that? But I mean, of course, there's a lot of things you don't know when you in middle school. A lot of things. But y'all, Ebony is here and she is, when I say she bombed, she bombed. She, I ain't even lying. Not just because I've known her <laughs> since middle school, but to even have watched her evolve, it has been extremely beautiful. And, you know, while she is truly a creative, she's also a woman who has been in tech. So I'm going to let y'all tell, I'm going to well, not let y'all let her tell y'all everything about her. So Ebony, yeah, like, just go ahead and, and let the family know who you are and what is it that you do? Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Eve. I feel like it's long overdue. <laughs> hello. <laughs> it is. So, yes. Yeah, so, hello, everyone. I am Ebony Staten, and I am a first-generation college student, and I am from Charlotte, North Carolina, 704. Hey, you know, go ahead. Yes. You were at 704. Not Word Concord, Charlotte. Yes, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> so, I graduated from North Carolina Central University and I obtained my bachelor's of science in computer information systems and I later received my master's in information science. So once I graduated in 2008, I started my IT career trajectory and I hit the ground running. I had a job waiting for me after I graduated and at that time it was very lucrative compared to my other counterparts that, you know, graduated in 2008 because we were in the middle of a recession. IT was flourishing. <laughs> you know, and so I started my job with the state of North Carolina and I was there for about four and a half years. And in 2012, I kind of transitioned to a new position with the, another company, still in the IT role. But with this role, I was 100% virtual. So like when I say 100% virtual, like 100% virtual, I didn't have to go into an office. Like my coworkers, they were like in the Woodland, Texas and in, in, 
Illinois. So, you know, that was kind of a task, just kind of getting, you know, adjusted to everything with being 100% virtual on my own. So besides like traveling and, you know, living my best life with this position, (laughs) I kind of made the executive decision to leverage this opportunity. And because of the flexibility that I had, instead of climbing the corporate ladder, you know, air quotes, like getting my certification and all that jazz, I decided to pour my energy into something I loved in that hmm. was decorating, you know. And so in 2015, I started my side hustle, which I named it The Vogue Room. And so I literally created an IG page. And this was before all the analytics and algorithm that's out there today. And I just started posting and I just grew my presence on social media and, you know, like home goods and at homes, started reposting my work. And I just literally just grew that following in that business while maintaining a full-time job. And so like literally today, the Vogue Room is an interior styling boutique located in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I help people like you guys design a home that's a direct reflection of your personal style. And so from there, that's a long story. So from there, um, last year, you know, still, you know, growing the Vogue Room and working a full-time job, I kind of, I felt I still wasn't fulfilled, you know, in a sense, as far as I wanted to make like a, a difference in someone's life. I wanted to be impactful in a sense. And so literally I was on social media. This was like last year around May. And this was like during graduations. And I saw a post by Michelle Obama and it really resonated with me. It was a picture of her in the early 80s. And she was on the campus of Princeton. And she stated that she she was a first-generation college student, and it was a scary experience. However, her advice to students was to be brave and stay with it. Mm-hmm. And after reading that post, I literally had my aha moment, <laughs> you know. And so from that, just from that simple post, I created an application. Like, I jot down some ideas, and I said, you know what? I'm going to sponsor a first-generation college student and use my gift of decorating and blessing that individual. And so it just kind of went from there. And today I have the Vogue Room Foundation, which is like a spinoff of the Vogue Room, my business. And so that's where I am right now at this current moment. <laughs> mm, I told y'all she was a boss. Y'all, somebody gonna believe me one day. Somebody gonna believe me what I said now. And listen, who would have ever thought? Let me just put it that way, because we went to, come on, we went to Cochrane. And, you know, it was all black middle school. I won't say it was hood, but we were like baby West Charlotte. (laughs) You know, um, you know, just just the idea that it was culture and it was nothing for us to be black where we were. But we we were comfortable as well. And to think about where we are in our lives now, coming from an area that growing up, I didn't even realize it was hood, to be honest with you. Yeah. And so, you know, just to realize, I mean, because it was life for us. This was every day. Yeah, it was. And so to, to think you even landed in IT. I want to dig into that just a minute because you have two different worlds going on. One is totally creative yes. and and design and just very artistic. And the other one is like straight up yes. <laughs> science. It's like... <laughs> What what got you into this field? What you know? What led you to that decision? And how were you able to balance your scientific self and your artistic self even through your your degree? Yeah, so I think we can actually go back to Cochrane because. 
I remember taking a keyboarding class in the seventh grade. I think her name mm-hmm. was Kelber. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how things just connect. But I remember I, I love computers. And ever since then, it's just been like, I'm just like, okay, I want to take a computer course. So even when I went to Geringer, I was in this computer science program. And it just kind of geared me towards computer. And then in high school as well, I interned in Microsoft. I was selected to intern mm. at Microsoft and it just kind of like went from there and so I you know I went to college I majored in computer information systems and yeah it led me there but I just feel like with that as well I've always been a creative person and some things that I do like in my career aspect I can transfer to the creative side as well so I think it goes hand in hand with the two that's really cool I can dig that and I, I love that you said that you interned in high school yes at Microsoft yes and Microsoft. Okay. What they do that at? Okay. <laughs> That's big. So you, I mean, you continue to the land in the right space. Yeah. How has that been possible for you being that it's nothing that was the case for your family? So what is it that helped you to position yourself to be where you want to be or where you are now? Well, I think because even though my family didn't have the credentials, but they've always been very supportive. I mean, it was really instilled in me, you know, you're going to get your education. And plus, I was like, I was on AB honor roll. And I had really good influences. Like my friends, they were doing good. You know, we were very active in school. And so I was really being exposed at an early age to how, you know, like how college students look like just going to NYSP for a summer camp on John C. Smith uh, campus. It just kind of like, you know, all just like instilled in me like, hey, you know, like one day I'm going I'm to go to college as well. So I, I don't think like necessarily just because my parents didn't have the credentials, but they just kind of like prepare me and let me in the direction that I wanted to go someday. Mm, that's really exciting because, you know, as first generation college students, graduates even now, one of the things about us is that sometimes families don't understand. So they don't know how to be supportive, but that doesn't mean they can't be supportive. Right. So I think it was really big for you to say that my mom was always, you just going to do what you want to do. I'm, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like yourself because I ended up going to Harding and, you know, shout out H-U-H-S, but went to Harding and I was surrounded by people who, in my head, they were doing well. People who were going to become doctors and lawyers and accountants and firefighters, policemen. They were going to do all kinds of things. Um, They had dreams and just being around them, wanting to go to college, wanting to go to graduate school. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this college thing is new. Right. I'm, I'm, I mean, I thought for a minute I was going to graduate high school and just work and get an apartment for my mama. That was the, the plan, the goal. And then I had uh, a teacher, a history teacher, uh, who was just like, nah, uh-uh. you know, we ain't going. We're going to go. We're going to go to school. So even having a desire to want to do well was that. But then not knowing how to was the challenge for me <laughs> and even thinking about it. But like yourself, my grandfather would always tell me, you're going to go to school, get an education, get an education, go to school, get education. OK, <laughs> whatever that means. But yeah, but kind of coming back around to, you know, you deciding to start this side hustle because it's not like what you're doing in IT or what you've done in IT was anything that, you know, I mean, let me just be for real. It was like you was broke yeah. and then like you needed to. Um, so how do you even navigate or manage that? Because here you are, had a, a good paying career with good benefits and everything and still wanted to do the side hustle thing. Because some people would say, well, that's just doing too much. I'm comfortable. How did you not settle, you know, um, or not get caught up in the fact that I'm doing OK? What was it that 
pushed you? Um, well, I think with the hundred, like with with the virtual position that I was in, I needed an outlet. You know, I'm a very social person, but mm-hmm. you know, I was just in my house day in and day out. You know, <laughs> to my coworkers online, like that's not cool. You know, I mean that. You know, I mean it's cool in a way. It has its pros and cons, but me just being a social person, I just feel like that it was my creative outlet, and so I just took it from there. You know, I just you know, like I said, I started an Instagram page and just kind of build that. But along the way, I just, I had to meet people as well. You know, that was, mm-hmm. it's a completely different industry that I wasn't used to at all. I didn't know anyone and just collaborating with people on social media. Like to this day, I met my design mentor, Design Incredible, you know, and different other like designers that's in the area. I wanted to collab, you know, because I just feel like I needed to grow. You know, we live in this world where everyone think that, you know, everyone is competition, but collaboration is way greater than competition to me mm-hmm. and, and that's how you're going to grow <laughs> you know I just feel like you you're like in, in any industry so yeah I'm with that and I love how you continue to really touch on the idea of collaborating through social media because when I realized and I was just talking to you about Marie Forleo who I've just really become a fan of and I don't even say that lightly like it was all of a sudden that I was like yo I really really dig her I really dig her mm-hmm. but to say that her presence is online And it's not that online is easy for me. It just seemed like being that I want to build an online business, that I am building an online business, that it is something that I can reach more people in more spaces. Mm -hmm. And my goal is to be able to help. Like, I really want to help. I really want to serve. But like yourself, it's needing to be social. It's needing to still figure things out. I'm always like, hey, how can I collaborate? Mm -hmm. How can we get together? How can we do this? And using social media. Because if you're going to put it out there, like... Don't just be there to be seen, you know, be there like to be worked with. But and I keep saying that because a lot of people on social media because they want to be seen, not because they really want the collaboration. But hey, I'm going to try anyway, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but I love that. I mean, speaking of collaboration, though, what would you give as advice to somebody who is an entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur who wants to collaborate with other people that maybe they sell on social media? How would you tell them to approach them or what has been working for you in terms of reaching out and saying, hey, I would love to work with you? Well, the thing about it is that I'm really not that direct because this is the thing, you know, we we live in a society where people just want to take, take, take. And it's kind of Mm -hmm. like, what can you offer? You know, I'm I'm all about reciprocity. And so I really like to build an an organic relationship with someone. So maybe it's just starting out, just, you know, telling the person how fly they is, you know, complimenting people, like letting people know, like why you like them at least, you know, and then they start to see, you know, the compliments or whatever. And then they they may want to get to know you, but you know, just kind of like, I've never been that, that type of person to just like, Hey, like, can you be my mentor? You know, I just like things to organically grow and for someone to get to know who I am and to also see that I'm a value to them as well you know so yeah oh you said that yes you did because it's a thing you know you have to be able to give as much as you take and take as much as you you know vice versa like I said reciprocity I'm like oh somebody said my word (laughs) because I'm like that too I'm always looking to see how can I help what can I do Mm -hmm. because you just never know like people 
some people gonna use you though let's just be yeah. real some people you want to help and they just gonna take advantage but then you have to realize well that's just who they are and move into the next but I think it's really important that we as people look to offer and look to give before we look to take yes. and that that's extremely important that's the, the golden rule to networking if anybody doesn't know now you know the most important thing for you to do is give before you take yes yes so tell me in, in your grown years you know since you've grown grown now <laughs> what do you think especially being somebody who's first generation being educated having opportunities and greater opportunities and some of the folks in your family may have ever had what has been one of the most challenging things for you and how have you been able to navigate that challenge be it that it's something personal or professional um well I think because just like you stated about you know growing up you know I went to Cochrane I went to Garinger then I went to a HBCU you I- just kept it black <laughs> yeah I kept it black <laughs> I don't know. Were you just black, black, black? Jesus. <laughs> Dang. But listen, so, you know, once I got that first job, when I, when I got my job out of undergrad and I was working with the state of North Carolina, I was like the only black person in the room. So then that's when things started to shift a little and you just kind of like, huh, you know, you kind of just, I don't know. It's, it's like a feeling. Not to say that I'm less than or whatever, I guess, just because I've never been in that type of environment before. And so instead of just kind of diminishing my light and, you know, me being black, um, you know, because you can't get you can't get like, you know, well, I don't fit in or, you know, in all these things. But I kind of use that to my advantage. Like, you know, I, I started to get to know my started to get to know my coworkers, started to kind of diversify myself. You know, I learned how to play darts. I learned I, I started eating sushi, mm. you know, I learned how to use chopsticks, you know. So instead of like th- that was a struggle. But then I just kind of use that to my advantage because I'm like okay well you're either gonna go to another place and if you go to another place you might still be just that one black person so what are you gonna do in your situation and so that's what I just kind of used that to my advantage and started to learn that culture as well Mm, you know what you just giving it all to me today (laughs) because in spite of one you stayed open yeah okay let's start with that two you made no excuses (laughs) you know period and three to have that realization that this is not going to change because yeah it may have been black blackity black Mm -hmm. but it still ended up being that this world is still much different than our and I I would say a safe space HBCU is a Mm -hmm. safe space I'm just be for real Mm -hmm. where you can be how we call now sophisticated Mm -hmm. do all these things and still not feel like you are out of place yeah Um, and I commend you for that and I commend anybody who's listening to this show for being daring and stepping outside of your comfort zone no matter what that looks like not even being as black if you're Hispanic, if you're Asian, whatever, anything that's different. Because like yourself, sushi, I ain't no damn sushi. Exactly. I ain't no raw fish. Exactly. And one of my homegirls, yeah, one of my homegirls is like, uh-uh, I'm going to put you on and so, slowly introduce me. Same thing, chopsticks. Or even travel, because you travel as well, yeah? Yeah, that's a and, and, It exposed me to traveling as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, so I, I love that. I really, really, really love that. That's really awesome. So shout out to you for that. What do you, what would you say has been the uh, most eclectic of the things that you've tried in sushi. I like some sushi. Mm, well, I like raw sushi. You do? Yes, I do. <laughs> check, check you. So you stepped it all the way up. Okay. I, listen, I stepped it all I, I the it way too. up. Yeah, I got to take it baby steps. Baby steps. I love my tuna rolls mixed with a little cream cheese, my little eel sauce, and mm-hmm. a little crunchy 
I don't know what it is on the, on the top of that. We don't have to go get some sushi together because you're talking my language right now. Sometimes the cucumber, avocado. Yeah. Mm, that crunchy, that crunchy be okay. it. Okay, that crunchy be everything. <laughs> I'm telling you. And I like a nice fried roll, oh, yeah, too. I do, too. I do. I know. I mean, I know that's not like real, but it's something about that experience that is good. What yes, is, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah. So, look, I can trip with you all day. This is like a reunion. Y'all, if y'all ain't caught it by now, this is like a whole reunion. And we have talked more yeah. like in, over the past few weeks. So, it ain't like we just now talking. But just the good old, good old times, good old times. So, but still curious, though, just considering like where you are right now, what is it about, you know, your womanhood that you found to be so special? Because, again, you are a creative and you are a tech like so you you created tech and you know you're still a woman and a, and a woman of color so even in, in all of your growth how have you been able to just embrace your womanhood and still be you know in a space where it's still male dominated I mean virtual even if it was virtual still very male dominated still where you're a minority and have to be strong and be who you are but still be you a black woman like how has that been? So I think remaining true to who I really am is going to always help you like in in a, in in a tech career, in your entrepreneurial journey, whatever path you decide to take, just remaining true to who you are will take you a long way. That's a fact. I'm with that. That just tickled me. You tickled me real good just now. So kind of thinking further, thinking about personal development, what are some things that you do to continue to develop yourself, be it that's reading, writing, conferences? What, what are your things? What do you go to? Oh, yeah. So I'm always, okay, like, I'm always going the non-traditional route, not necessarily like going back to school, but I look for other ways of learning, like far as like non-traditional ways. So if if an interior designer that I admire is having a course, I'm signing up for that course. If it's a conference, just like Thursday, I'm going to the Black Enterprise Conference. And there's so many sessions about entrepreneurship and social media, growing your social media. So just things like that, I'm always trying to learn, even if it's on someone live that they saying they're going live and they're going to be talking about this, this and that, that whatever I can benefit from, I'm all ears when it comes to things like that and growing. And also as well, just being surrounded by like-minded people. I've been the smartest, you know, I like to be around people that make me uncomfortable. That's going to make me think, you know, and mm. um, that has definitely helped me to grow. Mm, I'm with yeah. that. I like that because it's exposure. Yes. Still goes back to coaches. And I like that you lean into that part of yourself that's really about socialization. So being around folks as yes. well and just and just being a part of a community. That's really awesome. So kind of um, thinking even around still personal development, have there been any books that you've read that are a favorite that you're reading now that you that you would suggest that we do read for the people? So of course, like one of my favorites is the four agreements. Kind of read that every year just to kind of, you know, yes, get, in, get in tune with everything. But the book that I'm reading now, well, I haven't really opened it yet, but it's called The Ultimate Sales Machine. And that's by Jet Holmes. And even with that, you know, selling, you know, I'm selling a service. So I need to freshen up on my selling skills and things like that. So I'm always just trying to read books like that to that I can, you know, advance my entrepreneurial business as well. I like that. I like that. So really literally investing in how you want to grow. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. But look, we are here. Get into a point where we're gonna have to wrap it up and we could literally talk all day, but we can't. I mean, we're not. 
not because I want the people to just be like, okay, I'm tired of listening now. But I, I be trying to give y'all the good stuff out there, people. I be wanting y'all to stay to the end. But not Ebony, but if you will, at this point, one of my favorite questions I ask every guest that said two questions to ask everybody. Tell us about yourself and this one. And this one is, if you could leave us with any piece of advice, any wisdom, any thought to remember you by, something to carry with us for the rest of our lives, what would that be? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> so I would say anyone you meet, you should make sure that you cultivate a relationship with not what the person can do for you, but to genuinely build a relationship with the person because you never know when you're going to need them in the future or maybe mm-hmm. they'll need you. You just never know. Everything comes around because who would have thought all these years later we would come back around to each other, right? And then and find and collaborate. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yes. I love this. Uh, Ebony, you have been an absolute joy to have here today. Actually, in my head, like, I got to bring you back because, you know, there's some stuff I know we didn't get to dig into, but it's all good. But while we're doing this, tell the folks where on the internet they can find you. Yes. Well, you can find me at The Vogue Room on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that good jazz. And you can also follow my foundation, which is at the Vogue Room Foundation on Instagram and Facebook as well. Right, and then you'll be doing another a dorm room makeover next year for the foundation, right? Yes, we just, like, I just wrapped it up yesterday. So the foundation, I don't think I even talked about that, but the Vogue Room Foundation is a nonprofit in which we help a first-generation college student with a successful transition into university living, which consists of a dorm room makeover. And so that's just literally to alleviate the burdens that may come with decorating your dorm room when you get to college. So that's that initiative that I have in place. You can follow along, like I said, at the Vogue Room Foundation on social media. And yeah, so that's that initiative. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Where were you when I needed you? But it's all good. Yes. You're here now. I'm just going to let you do a, a house makeover or something one of these days. Yes, yes. Look, but again, Ebony, you are amazing. Thank you for being here, for sharing your wisdom, for your light. Wishing you nothing but the best and everything that ahead and no we here in the first gen lounge we got your back all righty thank you so much for having me you are so very welcome <laughs>